0: You're listening to the Daily Dose of Wood Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Jernigan and BPW.
1: What's going on, people? Big episode, episode number six. Want to tell him what's going on, jell ball Who we got?
0: Yep, we got our first interview today with Win and Woo. Um, these guys are big artists. They just play at the Digital Mirage, which is a quarantine rave. They were playing alongside Don Diablo, Louis the Child, Three Lao, a bunch of other guys, um, Torba Chain Smokers, and played at La Palooza, and a bunch of other festivals, so we got some big guys coming on today.
1: Yeah, these guys are no joke, they've uh, opened for some big names, they've toured around the world, and they've been at it for a while.
2: Yeah, it's we got that uh, celebrity interview we always wanted.
1: I'm excited to talk to them, they get to uh, see what their feelings are about the EDM and EDC game and how it's changing.
2: Yeah, so that's coming up later in the episode, so stick around with us Stay for these tuned. segments.
1: Yeah, so a little update, quarantine, coronavirus update. It's get, it looks like it's getting better.
2: Past two days have had decreasing numbers, yes. which is positive for us. Uh, keeps the MDW hopes alive. Hopefully, you're going to have to eat the watermelon and not me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Flatten the curve, stay inside, save summer.
2: Yeah, social distancing is working. You know, the, the numbers are finally, the curve's finally starting to flatten, but... Uh, I was watching Trump last night on Facebook, yeah. and his whole entire thing, and he seems pretty optimistic about you know taking this on head, taking it on head on.
1: Yeah. Why do cruise ships float? I don't get that. Do you get that? What other things do we not understand?
2: The cruise ship thing makes zero sense.
1: I don't. I don't get how that much weight could be supported and in not water. sink.
2: Yeah. And you throw a penny in the water, and it just. Sinks. Sinks.
1: It doesn't make sense. Like, oh,
2: Brian, it's buoyancy. It makes no sense. Uh, Jello Ball, look up how much a cruise ship weighs. I
1: gotcha. It's got to be a couple In the meantime,
2: tons. I'll talk about things I don't understand that people just take for granted.
1: There's a lot of those.
2: Um, the record player it was popular in, like, what, the 40s? It was so ahead of its time. How did these people take music, record it, put it on a disc, and they're like, oh, let's just put this rotating needle and perfect harmony music can play
1: yeah i don't get that how does no sense. how do planes fly again who, who thought of that first Well, who was it uh the had, wright brothers the wright brothers they were just like let's just fly this motherfucker makes
2: no sense like all these things uh another one languages why isn't there one universal language yeah
1: i don't get that accents why do why do people yeah, have different wh- accents yeah
2: why does that happen like Why, if I travel six hours across the globe, I have to learn a
0: completely different language.
1: Time zones? That one's probably not. I think that was hard to understand.
0: Yeah, I just looked it up. The average cruise ship weighs anywhere from 20,000 to 60,000 tons, and a modern vessel is 100,000 tons. I don't get how that floats on water. Meanwhile, me, 195 pounds, just sinks.
1: Yeah, it's uh, definitely one to think about. I think it's like the
2: way the boat is curved, but still, it pisses me off. Another Uh, one. Eye contacts, how do you just put this plastic thing in your eye and you could see clearly? Yeah,
1: that's crazy. Who glasses, thought of that? All that.
2: Who were the test dummies for it?
1: Yeah, yeah that's something.
2: Bad. Joe, well, you wear contacts, what's your insight? Yeah,
0: I've been wearing contacts now for probably at least 12 years. I don't understand it. I just poke myself in the eye every morning, and next thing you know, presto, I got twenty twenty vision.
2: If you didn't wear glasses or eye contacts, like, everything's just blurry, that's another thing I don't understand. What do... um? What do people need glasses to see? It's just like foggy? Or it's like well, dark. I am blind. It's darkness? I am
1: blind in one eye.
2: Yeah, you are. You uh, were an uh, eye patch in first grade, remember that?
1: Yeah, I did. Well, not just first grade, all through like elementary school and my vision couldn't be fixed, but I could only see out of one, well, legally see out of one eye. The other eye is pretty blurry. So you need
2: you. Everyone's you need always glasses, like, right? how many
1: fingers am I holding up? That one's easy. I could see like, oh, it's hard to read, read things.
2: So the blind eye.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at you with it now.
2: Is it like foggy or it's darkness?
1: It's foggy. It's okay. like, yeah, it's foggy. It's not really just pitch pitch black dark. It's just <laughs> That's foggy. That's what
2: I think when I think people uh, see without glasses.
1: Sean O'Gara, did you ever hear that story? Shout out Sean O'Gara. We're at lacrosse camp, Millen lacrosse camp at Farmingdale. He has uh, one eye he has, and a glass he has, eye. he has a glass eye. Yeah, he has one working eye. The glass eye he would take out. For the other campers, we'd be like, yo, this kid could take out his eye, like pay five bucks to get into the room and we'll show you. And he would take out his eye, and I think he made like four or five hundred bucks just from taking out his eye at camp.
2: Hey, that's how you uh, make a profit on something that happened exactly. to you. Another it's, one, another thing I don't understand is covalent bonds and ionic bonds.
1: I've never understood uh, chemistry Chemistry is like the that.
2: hardest subject of all time. Miss Newell,
1: did me. you have Miss Newell? No. Back in high school, she was something else. I had her for chemistry. She hated me. Steve hated her. We all hated her. And when we did our senior prank, when we ran through the high school water guns, Billy actually sprayed her. And then she told him, she told the uh, principal, or whoever's taking care of the discipline on that, that I sprayed her. And then you remember that? Did you have ISS? We had ISS. No, I. I after I, school I, was over, but we couldn't walk the stage on graduation if we didn't serve it.
2: Yeah, I escaped that punishment,
1: which was not cool. I at also all. got,
2: I got a sixty nine. Nice, nice. On the chem region, so I passed.
1: What was it, sixty seven to get passed?
2: I think it was yeah, sixty five to pass. I got a sixty nine. I cheated on the girl right
0: next to me. The nice. whole entire
2: thing.
1: Got to can't cheat. Uh, Bone wants to cheating. tune in.
0: Yeah, I got something that I don't understand at all. Um, roads, you guys, you guys probably don't get what I'm talking about when I say this, but think about this: you can go outside your house. We you live on Long Island, and uh, we can put it in the GPS like Los Angeles. Next thing I know, this road in front of my house is somehow connected through roads. Into Los Angeles. Yeah. How much time do people take out to path that and make all that?
1: The app weighs too. I don't you understand know
2: that. that. Um, FDR, to get out of the Great Depression, he he did a lot of acts.
1: Do you know this? Why is a driveway called a driveway and a parkway is called a parkway, but you drive in a par- dr- parkway and park in a driveway?
2: Yeah, that's, that's odd. I've and always
1: I, wondered that one. I
2: got one more. One thing I don't understand, how I didn't get one single offer. To play college basketball anywhere.
1: Yeah, you were you were all right.
2: That was pretty good.
1: You got a pizza named after you.
2: Yeah, I was a local legend for like five months, and I didn't get one. Not even a D three offer. I had the most three pointers made in Long Island. Not even no one even considered. Oh, maybe this kid could shoot a basketball.
1: Would you consider going back to get your masters and redeem your eligibility because you didn't never used any of it?
2: Yeah, I've been on a I've been on the phone calls with Coach K at Duke. He's been, you know, he checked out my Instagram, which absolutely blew up the other day. Oh, oh yeah, you he posted like, that
1: oh. weight loss picture. How many how many months did that take to lose 50 pounds?
2: Five five and change.
1: Okay. And what was the hardest challenge, I'd assume, the food eating, staying yeah. healthy?
2: Um, the food, and I had to sacrifice a bunch of weekends just not going out and drinking. I would just stay home while all my boys were having fun. And now back look on at what it, happened. We're all doing it now.
1: How much more weight do you want to lose?
2: The The goal is 15 more pounds. I started at 251. I'm 200 now. I want to be 185. Chisel God for MDW. 185.
1: I'm at 185 right now. I'm thinking about cutting. Uh, yeah,
2: and you, you're a chiseled dude. No homo.
1: I'm, I'm trying to get more chiseled. Than I've, my weight fluctuates. I've been up to almost 200, and I've been down like to like 140. Yeah, so one eighty-five is a nice weight to stay I, at. I
2: posted the Instagram, and within forty minutes, I uh, had my career high in likes. And how many? Well, at the time, my career high was three f- three thirty.
1: And you pumped that one and out. I of got water. like five
2: forty-five, but in forty minutes, I had like three forty-five. I was like, damn, like people really didn't fuck with me when you I was could, fat.
1: You could have used this as a way to. Uh, s- get the daily dose of wood podcast out there but you didn't really it was more of like a personal triumph yeah okay journey All right. you could have said how daily dose Wood inspired you to get to that <laughs> yeah i could have been waiting but hey i'm proud yeah, of you I'm and that's to, a yeah. uh, great goal to accomplish well, next up we got our uh first and 11 what
2: the
3: fuck is we doing yeah
1: what up
2: First and 11 time, I'll go first. This Bring it go on. Around. Bring it on. My first 11 actually happened like three days ago. Okay. So, quarantine. Relevant. For Relevant. Uh, family dinner time around 5.36. Uh, my parents outsourced to Street in Babylon for dinner.
1: Okay. And,
2: okay. you know, as a little appy. My father decided to get garlic knots. Good. So, my dad's in a rush. He's trying to get all the food down. He takes a bite of the garlic knot does not go down well.
1: No, it got caught. My
2: father starts choking on the garlic knot. And he's like, you know, he's trying to cough, cough, cough. And then you can see in his face like. He's turning purple. Yeah, he's like, oh shit, like this is getting serious. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, holy fuck. And he puts his hands up. And I'm like, okay, like I got to do something. So me, the natural hero that I am. You are. I, I start giving him the Heimlich. And he coughed. He coughed the garden. I, I saved my father's life. Three How far
1: ago. did it come out? What was the distance? It was,
2: was projected. It was pretty good. Um I don't know.
1: Three four. Well, you think we got
2: a tape measure? It?
1: <laughs> well, thank God, Mister Woodburns all right. Yeah, it was.
2: It was very, very scary moment. But I'm, I'm a hero in my house. I have ultimate immunity now.
1: Your parents listen to the podcast? No. Shout uh, out Tommy mean. and Johnny.
2: Yeah. Shout out, shout out the Woodburn boys. Yeah. But my father has beat cancer, he's had Crohn's disease his whole life, and he said, he's like, if I go, he's like, I thought I was going to die. Like, if I go out choking on a
1: garlic knot, oh. like, I
2: don't want this to be my last script. I thought that was a very funny one.
1: After making it through all that, that wouldn't be.
2: Just to go out choking on a garlic knot in front of the family would just be absolutely detrimental.
1: Well, he's good now, and yeah, he's, he's all good. he's got more life to more life to live. I didn't
2: even know I could do the Heimlich up until that point. Shout out uh, West Side Sub High School for teaching me how to do that in, like, 10th grade.
1: Yeah. My first 11 is uh quick quick couple stories not a couple quick one or two it has to do with trains okay trains
2: You're a big travel guy
1: I've uh, I am a big travel guy I've jumped on a couple of moving trains my mom's probably not going to want to hear this or like to hear this but I've jumped on a moving train in South Carolina I have a video of that um
2: oh, I remember seeing that it, video It
1: wasn't going fast like how you expect a train to go fast but it was it was moving it was going through and I parked the car, jumped out, ran, jumped on the train, took it for a little ride. And then a little uh little joy ride. One time I was in Stanford, Connecticut, and uh I jumped on a train there. Jumped onto Same the train. Same
2: scenario or was it going faster?
1: Uh this one was going a little faster, but not as fast. Like it was just starting to take off. And uh, another time in the city we uh we ripped the doors open for Sal to jump onto the train. That was uh pretty interesting. When was that? This was like last year or two years ago. He uh, he was outside and the doors were completely closed and we pried them open. And he jumped on right as it's taking off. So that's my first 11. You're a
2: daredevil. Daredevil.
1: Next up, we got uh, the big celebrity guest, Win and Woo. All right, I think we're recording. Uh, we now welcome on the boys.
2: The DJ group, Win and Woo. Nice to have you guys in here. Thanks for joining.
3: What's up, guys? Good to be here.
2: So it's my understanding you guys went on Digital Mirage last night, little quarantine rave. You guys want to talk about how that went for you too?
3: Yeah, um, super blessed to be a part of that. Uh, it was awesome. Raised a lot of money. I think it was close to like three hundred thousand dollars. The whole festival raised. So That's awesome. pretty crazy. The, the Brownies guys are always kind of one step ahead and stuff like that. So um, it was really just a great platform that Brownies and Proximity put together. We were blessed to be a part of it. Yeah, it was kind of game changing. Like, who, like, what? I think they said they had like two and a half million people tune in over the weekend. And like, like, when does that ever happen for digital music? Like, no. a digital music festival never happens. Let alone like that scale. It's insane. Yeah.
1: So, uh, how did you guys? Uh, how did this whole thing come together? How did you uh, start? You want to inform us a little bit how you got started and where you guys are from?
3: About when we, uh, yeah, we met in college and started uh djing like just college parties like house parties um and then moved on to like rap parties sorority like uh, sorority dances like bar dance and formals and then we started playing like the local like college bars and like uh our buddies like uh dj shy his name is carrie shyman and then uh no roberto like taught us like how to like club dj and then like it kind of went from like just like being frat kids in a basement playing music to like, oh, you can perform and do this and like, yeah. When you guys start, more-
2: um, when you guys start making your own beats and all that, was that a process learning yeah, how to do I, that?
3: I mean, like, right when we started, we did, like DJing together, which was like 2010. Uh, so like about 10 years ago, then we picked up Ableton, but it probably wasn't until 2006 or 14. Yeah, when we actually were making like. Good. That, and that's when we came up with Win and Woo. So we were like, for four years, we were kind of doing something else, and uh, just mostly DJing and trying to learn Ableton and stuff. And then, then we started the Win Wu project in 2014 because we thought like the music kind of got to like a level where we were proud of it, proud enough of it to like actually roll with it. So.
1: So when you graduated college, you guys knew right away that this is what you wanted to do, and you were gonna ready to yeah, take it to the next level. Pretty
3: much, so Nick's two years older than I am. So like for the like the last two, uh, last year of my college, which was 2013, right before we like totally started like an artist project, and we were still kind of just DJing like back and forth between Chicago and ISU. Um, like he he had already like it was like a thing where like he had already like dove in so deep in the Chicago scene that we were like you got to move up to Chicago now if we're going to do this. So then we did. I literally, like, I stopped, I dropped out my last semester and started oh, wow. going, like, literally moved to Chicago. High risk, high
2: reward right there.
3: Yeah, literally. And we just, like, started right then and there. And, like... Yeah, Chicago is definitely, like, super, We're super lucky to, like, be from there and, like, start our career in Chicago, I think. Like, you're just an amazing place, especially at the time where... Electronic music was just like becoming a mainstream thing, so um, being there for that was, was amazing.
2: Did and you guys, uh, um, you guys toured with chain smokers you've been around? No, I no, never have. We've done like never. a couple
3: shows with them randomly. We did like a costume show with them in like North Carolina or South Carolina. I never know. Just
2: Do you guys know what they looked like? Because if I saw the chain smokers walking down the street, I'd probably just think they're in the plumber union or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, I know all their songs, but I don't, I've never seen their faces before
3: yeah no we definitely know like a, uh when we first started, like they were just popping off like when we started making music, so like they were a big inspiration early on to like yeah. when it was music, and like still are like they they crushed that whole like accessible dance music thing.
1: What style would you say uh you surround yourself with
3: uh, it's hard. we're pretty like diverse, which has been i think it's then that's been tough for some people to like latch on exactly what we do because we kind of like dabble in so many different genres i guess um but i, I feel like really like mid-tempo like in-house stuff is kind of like our, been our like bottom line yeah i, I consider it, like overall as a theme of win and lose music is like mid-tempo dance house like where it's just uh it's definitely pop influence but you know we've we've been making house music since we started. I kind of feel like that's like either start making hip hop beats or you make house music when you first start. Like, so like we did the house route and it just kind of never went away and we just love it. So it's like, so hopefully we'll be putting out a lot more music this year than we did. Uh, last year
1: and you it got a show won. coming up uh the Brooklyn Mirage hopefully that still goes as uh planned oh,
3: uh, yeah hopefully that'd, that's still that'd clean. be a good uh a really good reward after all this <laughs> to, to go and play that show with the guys
1: so do you have any dates venues planned before that or did they get canceled
3: we actually had a lot of college stuff just college parties kind of popping up um but obviously all that got canceled uh we got really lucky that we just ended the tour with two friends in Matoma and that was a two month long uh, tour, so I mean, that was that was really great. We got so lucky that we were able to do that um, at the beginning of the year and kind of, you know, at least get some shows out of the way. We're like the last oh, DJs God. to ever tour, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just like the last artists to have ever toured ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a while before all that gets back to normal. I I wouldn't be surprised, especially you know, with the digital Mirage thing and for as long as this goes if that kind of thing becomes more regular yeah and like maybe they figure out different ways to raise money for stuff like that but I bet like the online digital show thing is gonna be like the future for the rest of the year at least yeah unless this ends we
2: gotta start flattening that curve (laughs) I want life to return to normalcy but uh what was your what was your favorite venue that you guys played at in your New Year's
3: Ooh. yeah uh, Well, we just did uh, in New York um, Terminal 5 in New York is really cool. that really place
1: fun. is lit um,
3: yeah that um, was definitely one of it. and then Echo Stage in DC that's a legendary venue or some other good ones on the tour. Aragon. I love uh, Philly, the Fillmore in Philly. Yeah, Fillmore in Philly was cool. That's such a sick venue, just that big ass ballroom with that huge chandelier. Obviously, the Aragon, Chicago, every time that we've got to play that Is one of the coolest venues.
2: A little hometown mm-hmm. vibe. Are you from yeah. Chicago or you just went to college there? Yeah,
3: we're from Chicago. From we're Chicago. From, yeah. We like grew up in a suburb and we went to Illinois State. and then like We lived in Chicago for like seven or eight years before I moved here to LA.
1: So. How's that transition been from Chicago to LA? I know that's two completely wow. different. It's new
3: for me. He's been on here for yeah, a I, I lived Yeah, I moved here two years ago. He moved here in November. So oh. like since then, it's just like, he's barely been here. And, and now like, you know, this isn't like, this is cool, like, it's not like, we're actually, he's getting to experience yeah. what yeah. living in LA is like, because he can't fucking go see or do yeah. anything, but, yeah, I'm talking <laughs> 2020, Is it like a loss. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, lost for a few months now, I'm in quarantine for yeah. however long, yeah. I don't even know. But at least we're here together now, you know, it's stuck really bad if uh, we were stuck quarantined different states yeah, yeah. i'm stuck but with yeah, my parents
2: right. in this quarantine so there's yeah, definitely I, better situations i, situation though.
3: Though. I kind of wish i was with my family during this time you know it's like I mean, there's stuff to do and yeah people to talk to yeah, yeah. Sure.
2: all right you're making yeah, me like like, sound like a bad son yeah, right man. now
3: <laughs> <laughs> love you mom yeah love you mom
1: uh is there anyone that you guys want to work with that you haven't worked with so far oh,
3: yeah mm-hmm. we, have a, so we many. have a large list yeah we have like a, a <laughs> excel spreadsheet that's like something we're gonna we haven't like I guess reached out as much as we should maybe as far as collaborations go so that's something that we're definitely working on this year um, we'd love to like work with you know guys like Griffin or just some of our friends like we're friends with so many people in the industry and we're just gonna try to you know make some of those records happen this year but like uh, gotten to your level would be like um like Cascade or yeah, yeah someone like that you know you went like, to a Cascade uh, concert yeah, yeah I
1: went to a Cascade concert at a marquee in New York so yeah. you guys been opening up? Uh, you opened up for two friends. You said,
3: "Yep, two yeah. friends in Matama did a co-headline tour, and it was like just us three artists and that whole tour. It was really fun." Are
1: there any memorable moments that stick out from that tour as a whole?
3: So um, fun. There's a lot. I mean, <laughs> uh, every night we would like like sing "Sweet Caroline" together with everybody, and that was pretty fun. Hell yeah! Oh my Yeah, every night, just like. Serenades, Sweet Caroline, <laughs> in like every fucking city. <laughs>
2: the Sweet Caroline always gets a crowd going wherever you are. Oh, yeah, you, you
3: can't no, it can't go wrong. Can't go wrong.
1: Do you have any uh, crazy stories with any girls or fans after, before the concerts, or is there anything crazy you've seen during concerts?
3: Really, everyone's, everyone's, well, wiped, yeah, everyone's wiped up. Everyone, yeah. There like our, our like photographer Greg was like the. I mean. And he's yeah, the closest to like single probably in the whole bus. So it was like it was it was a pretty it was a road trip. We we hung out on the bus
2: a lot. Played uh, Quipwash. You guys know what that game is yeah. Quiplash is great. You know,
3: pretty time. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty. It was Smoked pretty- a lot of weed. <laughs> Hell yeah.
2: yeah. Ho- hopefully you guys make it down here in Brooklyn in August. Hopefully all this shit clears up.
3: Dude, yeah, yeah. That'd that would be fucking
1: awesome. Yeah, when you guys make it down here, we might uh, if you have time, meet up for a drink or something. We'll definitely be at the concert yeah, if it's can. still rolling. Right.
3: We'd, love be that. We'd love to do that. Cool. Well, thanks right, for having fellas. us. Right. Thank you,
1: guys. Big thanks to Win and Woo again for joining us on the podcast.
3: Yeah,
2: two cool dudes. That was a good time.
1: Two very cool guys. Fun to talk to. Looking forward to meeting them when they come here. Uh, New York to the Brooklyn Mirage, August fourteenth, and looking forward to see what the future brings. I think they'll be up there with some of the big names, Cascade, Chain Smokers. They they got a lot to offer, and I see a bright future. Be sure to follow Win and Woo on Instagram, Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Win and Woo. Thanks again for joining us, and this is Jimmy Jernigan signing off.